0: Did you hear that? Was it the horror comedy podcast with Jake and Haley? Oh my god, it was! This podcast is for inhalation use only. And that means it's not for kids. It's the horror comedy podcast with Haley and Jake, and Jake's not here because it's Wednesday, and it's Wednesday, which means it's a mini episode. That means I'm going to get high and I'm going to find scary stories from the internet and I'm going to read them to you. It's going to be real scary and great and a uh, good time. If you have a scary story, please email it to us at the thehorrorcomedypodcast at gmail.com or DM it to us at Podcast on Instagram. <laughs> if you check out our Instagram, you will see... The pumpkins that we painted and some of our Halloween decorations. If you guys have your shit up and your pumpkins painted and carved and shit, send them to us. I want to see them. I'm so excited. I know that you guys probably have some really good ones because you're all fucking geniuses. I can tell. I just have a feeling. Um, This week, I have a pretty fucking serious story. This is one account from a user named emma on the paranormal board of 4chan a fair warning this is a story involving child abuse contains mentions of suicide a lot of violence and the word cunt a bunch of times so um if those things hurt your feelings maybe just come back on sunday when we do our full length episodes which will not hurt your feelings um it will just scare you anyway This story, I read it, it gave me chills, it reads like a horror movie, for real. So I am so excited to present this to you guys. It was posted all the way back in 2000 and, uh, fuck. It was posted all the way back in 2009. So it is a gem from way back, and uh, I'm really excited to bring it to you. Hello, X. That's the paranormal board on 4chan. It's 4chan slash X. Anyway, Hello, X. This is a story about my aunt. Growing up, I knew very little about my mother's side of the family. They had basically disowned her after she decided to do the unthinkable and go to a medical school at a time, particularly in the deep, rural South, when women would never be doctors. My relatives were scowling faces that wandered in and out of holiday gatherings, pausing just, just long enough to pass judgment and leave my dad outraged for about a week. The only one out of the mob that really made an impression was my mom's older sister. The woman sent me acne medication for my birthday one year when I had started that awkward breakout phase. She once lectured me for 20 minutes about how, since I had inherited my mom's desire to work when I got older, no man would love me. I was 10. I only give you the background so that you'll understand how unsettling it was when my grandmother called my mom one evening and asked her to fly down there to see them. My aunt had experienced what they call a severe psychotic break or something along those lines, and none of my relatives knew what to do or had the money to do it. My mother dutifully packed her things, and I was somehow swept along for the ride. I was only 14 at the time and I still hadn't perfected the art of saying no to my parents. Side note, neither has anyone, like ever. It's a thing. The best thing about that age was because I was awkward and mousy, people tended to ignore my existence. I got to sit in while my grandparents told my mom about everything they knew about this breakdown, and my mom stressed over and over that she wasn't a psychiatrist. My aunt's latest ex was a meth dealer, Who knew what kind of stuff they had been brewing and sampling? Also, there was probably diet pills. My aunt had become obsessed with a Ouija board. And depression runs in the family. She was always a little off. Etc. 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 All they knew was that after her work had called them asking for her, they'd found her completely naked in her living room. She was curled up and talking to herself. She had covered pages and pages of notebooks with nonsensical symbols and equations about God and demons. I think I should pause here for a moment. I understand if you think I'm setting this up as some sort of wild demonic possession story, but I'm not. I am a skeptic, and I have no idea if the events following this had anything to do with the paranormal. Methamphetamine psychosis is scary enough on its own, and there were so many holes in her brain at this point, who knows what she was really thinking. However, the story is a little gruesome either way, and I'm finally at a place where I feel like I can talk about it. So there were a few other options in Georgia. My grandparents had locked my aunt up in the guest room when they called my mother, Once again, insisting that she was not a psychiatrist, my mom told my grandparents that they had to get my aunt sent to some kind of facility where she could get the proper care, and in the meantime, they needed the supplies to hold them over while they decided what to do. My mom called in some prescriptions and got ready to head into town. Unfortunately, the downside to being 14 is you're old enough to be dependable, and somehow, in the shuffle, I was assigned the task of waiting at home with my aunt and making sure that nothing happened to her while they were gone. My mom promised they wouldn't be long, and they assured me waiting at home was better than being trapped on the hour-long drive into town with my grandmother. Many Southerners will tell you that not all of the South is barren fields and terrifying locals. Some parts have amazing natural beauty. This is completely true, and anyone closed-minded enough to bypass an entire section of the country based on stereotyping is really missing out. Unfortunately, this house was not located in any of those areas. This was miles of red clay, tobacco crops, pine trees, power lines, the family house, me and my batshit aunt in the back room. There was no cable, no internet, and next to no cell reception. I was stuck listening to my CD player and playing Tetris on the couch, counting the agonizing minutes until my mom came back. Because time moved so slowly out there, I can't really tell you when I was clubbed from behind. The thud was dull, but the pain exploded in the back of my head. I used to think that cartoon characters seeing stars was just cutesy animation, but I swear my vision erupted into different colors as I tried to regain my senses. I didn't drop like people do in the movies. I was vaguely aware of someone grabbing my arms and dragging me from the sofa to a chair. I even stumbled a little in response. Unfortunately, the static wouldn't clear enough for me to stop them as my hands were tied to the arms with something thin. It was only after my midsection had been bound and my throat was well on its way that I snapped too. I rocked my head back and forth to get it away, but it was no good. What I now realized was brown twine was roped around my neck to keep me upright. I can't look at the stuff anymore without itching. Her work momentarily finished, my aunt moved around the chair to face me. She was never an attractive woman, but at this point, she looked like topless holy hell. The meth had left her with open sores, some of which looked like she had scratched into ragged, weeping holes. Her arms were covered in blackening holes, all oozing rot. And when she grinned, I got a good look at the infamous meth mouth. I can't even describe that smell. That wasn't just from her wounds either. She literally had shit caked up all over her legs, up to the scratches around her sagging breasts. But the worst part was the strange glint in her eyes. There was someone home up there, but it was more feral than human. When my eyes locked on hers, she grabbed a bit of her short blonde hair and tugged hard enough for her eyebrows to raise. You see this? They say I can take your hair for myself. Panic was just starting to register, and I realized what the hell was about to happen. I was too tiny to be much of a fighter. I mostly just started hyperventilating and staring. I remember realizing that I couldn't remember the word for what Native Americans used to do to their war victims, but it was definitely about to happen to me. I started squeaking a little and trying to yell as she disappeared into the kitchen for a moment and reappeared with a knife. Thankfully, she just grabbed a clump of my long brown hair and started trying to saw it off, inches off my scalp. It still hurt enough for me to cry out a little over it. She was unsatisfied with her results thanks to a dull knife and thick hair, so her attention turned to my face. That's nothing, she hissed. From behind my back, she produced a hammer, probably what she had hit me with in the back of the head in the first place. The next swing brought it down on my left index finger, the fingernail cracked from the strength of the blow. I started to sob and my aunt just started to laugh harder and she tossed aside her tangles of hacked off hair in favor of digging out the nail pieces and ripping them away one by one. The pain was so bad that I nearly threw up. This process was repeated for my middle finger and my thumb but for some reason the thumb took three swings to crack thanks to the odd angle she was hitting it at. I vaguely noticed through the pain that as she yanked the left bit of nail from under the bed, her mouth was hanging open. It looked like she was listening to something. She finally stopped picking at my fingernails and leaned over to take my index finger into her mouth and she started to suck on it. My mind started desperately pulling itself together. I had to get out of there. There was no way out. No matter how much I screamed, no one was around for miles. I had to survive just long enough for my mother to get home. What if this lunatic killed my mother? Somehow I choked out some version of why are you doing this? My aunt looked up from where she was sucking and narrowed her eyes as if indignant that I had interrupted her. She sat up and proceeded to spit some of the blood she'd been drinking into my face. They chose you and I hate you. At this point, she started ranting. I wish I could reproduce exactly what she said, but the details are blurred because this memory was so diligently repressed for so long and half because none of it made any sense anyway. It was something about a dark lord and people in the walls, but there was also talk of the government and radio waves. What I do recall is that she paused and leaned in so that her noses were almost touching. The smell of her breath was so horrible I could taste it in my mouth. I know, she whispered, you can smell my brain rotting, but let me tell you, he's no joke. He wants your skin. Her tongue stretched out of her mouth and wormed itself all over my face. I started sobbing and gagging at this point. She tried to get her tongue into my mouth, but I spat at her, which made her so fucking mad. She screamed at me to be quiet and she swung the hammer at my mouth. She knocked out one of my front teeth and it hit the floor and the others weren't in much better shape. My memory at this point goes fuzzy, mostly a blur of pain and fear. I was completely sure I was going to die an agonizing death and the blood loss now occurring didn't do anything for my thinking. I was aware of her shuffling away. I know she returned. My next clear memory is of her using a marker on the old wooden floor to reproduce what I recognized as a Ouija board. Only half of the letters were actually letters. The rest were twisted symbols that must have made sense to her. But the standard hello and goodbye were obvious enough for the connection to be made in my head. My aunt took great care in creating this, focusing like a preschooler with some sort of demonic macaroni craft. The whole time she muttered to herself, but I never caught a clear sentence. Using a glass coaster as a planchette, she set to work summoning something. At this point, I was silent save the sucking of air in and out of the new gap in my mouth. The room had gone completely still. Nothing happened for several moments. The atmosphere was suffocating as every nerve in my body stood on edge. Without warning, the coaster slid to its first destination, making a screech as the wood scraped over the glass. I couldn't keep track of what was spelling out, and the nonsense symbols made it more difficult. But my aunt watched closely and nodded sagely every so often. I tried to figure out if it was just my imagination that made it look like the coaster was moving without her touching it. The dying afternoon had lowered the temperature considerably, even in the southern early autumn, and shock was beginning to make me tremble. Every shake shot bolts of pain from my fingers, teeth, and head that I couldn't take my eyes off the scene before me. I remember thinking to myself, maybe they'll tell her to just let me go. A loud crash from the kitchen made me jump, crunching bits of tooth between my molars in the process, and it caused my aunt to pause. She raced into the other room, yelled out something giddily, and returned towards me with feverish delight. That was their sign, this is it. He will be so happy. She grabbed my breast and twisted it sharply. You want this, don't you? This? You want this? She scrambled to pick up the knife once more, and she eyed the flesh on my bare thigh. I was wearing shorts. She was humming random notes, and she began to carve the same symbols into my thigh. At one point, she carefully sliced up and peeled back some of my skin. Then she placed it on her nose and grinned at me. Boo! And she laughed. You just loved that when you were little. I firmly believe that shock and blood loss, as well as the concussion I no doubt had, were the cause of what I began to see next. While she carved into my leg, I stared at the far corner of the room. I saw a shadow gathering there. It was probably just the setting sun chasing away the light, but I was so certain that the darkness was taking shape. I've never experienced sleep paralysis, but the feeling I had was almost exactly the same. Something was watching us, something evil. It wanted to revel in my torture. The sheer madness of the entire situation convinced me that this was the one my aunt had been babbling about. If there was, in fact, a creature that wanted my flesh, it was definitely here now. I screamed and screamed. My throat was ragged. I continued to try to fight her off, but the wiggling only dug her knife deeper into me. If you stay still, I'll be very careful, she sang. My eyes locked on the window and I began to plead. I begged her. I begged her to let me go and remember that I was just her niece. I promised her that I'd let her run free. I said I'd never tell my mom who had done this. I'd let her have anything she wanted if she could just please stop. In response, she put her finger to her lips and shh you hear that she froze and i held my breath i strained my ears there could have been nothing but the blood rushing in my head but my poor brain translated this into faint whispers my aunt grinned at me they come they want you and they will take it yeah he will take what he wants she said this with a certain reverence that chilled me she used her legs to force mine apart and pointed the tip of the knife at my crotch. I'll slice your cunt wide enough for them to all crawl inside. All inside. She giggled, though her eyes suddenly became pained. She moved her face in close and clawed at one of the sores on her cheeks. I can feel him crawling out of me. She held up one of her arms and shoved the abscess into my face. Can you see him? You're not even looking. In her rage, she shoved her arms into my face. It was enough to wake me up and renew my struggling to get free. Why was it so cold? Why did I hear those whispers? My aunt was wailing and clawing at her arm, momentarily taken by the need to dig whatever was killing her skin. I desperately railed against the bonds enough to make the chair jump. Ceasing this momentum, I rocked from side to side enough to tip over to my right. My neck had been tied to something else behind me. I was stuck trying to position my legs to keep the chair from sliding further and strangling me. This broke my aunt out of her lapse in attention. With a snarl, she kicked at my leg and the jerk left me gasping for air. My vision was beginning to blur. My gaze moved past my aunt onto the shadow now and in the darkness, it had begun to spread out of the corner like an ink drop. There were faces, I was sure of it. There were faces in the thing that was coming to claim me. It was mesmerized as my eyes tried hard to focus on the shifting form. I forced my burning, bleeding leg up to keep me propped, but the darkness was becoming deeper and moved closer. I was certain it would take me. It would seep out my soul through all the cuts and bruises in my body. This sounds slightly profound now, but at the time, all these thoughts were occurring instantly together as I gave way to pure panic. My heartbeat pounded a thundering cadence in my ears as they seeped towards me. I didn't even hear my aunt slip away before the scream hit my ears and the lights flooded the room. Again, at this point, my memory dulls. My mother rushed in and found me in that state. She raced me to the hospital with my grandparents while calling the police. While I was recovering overnight, the small force of local cops searched the fields and forests for my aunt. Bulletins were put out. A deputy even went door to door down the single road by the house and warned neighbors to stay inside and lock their doors. What I found even more disturbing was the fact that my aunt had been tied down to the bed and locked in that room. The officers say that the ties looked like they had been chewed and then ripped apart, but the door was not forced open. My grandparents, even my mother, swore that it had been locked before they left. They even double-checked it. No one let her out. Eventually, they did find my aunt. She had hung herself with twine in a barn not far from our land. Though the nails didn't grow on my left index finger, middle finger, and thumb, and thousands of dollars were needed to correct my smile, my legs healed surprisingly well. Not to be overly spooky or dramatic, but I can't lie to you. I do still have nightmares. In them, I wake up, tied down, somewhere with my aunt whispering over me. The markings on my legs sting like they were fresh. She looks exactly like she did that day, down to my blood on her lips. The only thing is she's just one of the faces in that monster. That was gross and scary. Um it got me. Jake says fuck that story. It got me. I thought it was good. That was creepy. That was effective. Emma is okay, so I felt like it was okay to retell and uh yeah so make sure that you tune in on sunday for a maxi episode in the meanwhile don't do a bunch of meth until you have a mental breakdown and kidnap your niece and try to uh cut her so that the demons will leave your body and go into her body and then end up killing yourself because she uh escapes alive and uh don't forget to drink water goodbye